Hi, I'm Diane Earnshaw, founder of Oxpops International, and I'd like to introduce you to our podcast series, Expert Voices. During this season, I'll be chatting to research professionals and leaders in their field about how they use and how they integrate insights, video and strategy in order to get great cut through in their companies. In this episode, I'm catching up with Sarah Joseph, Head of Research at Sky. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Diane. Nice to be here. Thank you for taking part. That's really great. Can you just tell us what's your job role? It's head of research, right? So head of research, in-house research, market research agency in Sky. So really, we just want to have a a chat about kind of where you started off and sort of how did you get into research in the beginning and what's your journey been? Excellent. So um, I've been at Sky for 13 years, uh, always working in the insight space. Before that, I worked agency side and I got into research originally because I wanted to work in PR and advertising, but actually it was seeing a market research debrief on soup uh, that made me realize actually digging under what customers really need and want um, is where the really interesting uh, work happens. Um, So in my time at Sky, seen a lot of change and it's great having built a research capability inside a client function, quite unusual, quite unique. Um, but enables to balance the best of playing with methodology, the latest innovations in research techniques, but how to make it actionable and useful for the business. So have you got some interesting stories about how, like, what would a brief been like 13 years ago versus what would it be like today? The explosion in the categories that we're in and the competitor landscape that we operate has changed enormously when back in the day it was Virgin, um, who were our main competitor. And now we have the global behemoths like Netflix and Amazon and Disney going it alone. Um, so uh, a huge explosion as well as also having new categories like broadband and mobile and even some emerging new spaces that we're going to be entering as well this year. So how what's been the role of Insight sort of through that journey? How how has Insight um, shaped and, and kind of impacted on on the senior senior execs? So Sky has always been incredibly customer centric. Um, so when I joined, it was deliberately with a program all about customer closeness set up by um, James Murdoch back when he was here, um, uh, deliberately to make sure that the senior leadership team got close to customers and knew exactly no sugar coating, um, spending a day out with an engineer, not going to the gated residences where they lived, but to real customer homes to go and see how did they use Sky? What did they think of it? How could they improve it? And that DNA has always stuck with Sky um, and it's re- remained, which is why I've stayed here, because the questions don't stop. Every decision needs to be underpinned by really solid insight. We're really privileged. We have a huge amount of data at our hands um, from viewing data through to all the transactional data that we have on our various different channels. Um, but in this complex complexity that consumers are facing, how can the business pivot and make sure our products are really satisfying what customers need? And how does our suite of offerings make sure that we've got something for everyone in the UK? So how do you, that sounds like a massive, massive job. How do you, how do you keep on top of all that? Uh, Prioritisation is a challenge. Um, You can't have favourite children. We work with all the different areas of the business. So whether it's you know, this week we've had debriefs which have covered how to make a returning series of one of our great Sky Originals even better by understanding what lapsed and existing viewers want from that show. Uh, we've been talking about how do we make sure that our 
new premium TV Sky Glass? How does that sell as effectively as it possibly can? As well as understanding our VIP program. So it's about prioritization, having a real clear strategy of what are the priorities for the business. Ultimately, it's about keeping as many customers happy as possible, as well as appealing to new audiences. And then a lot of juggling and trying to sweat our insight and research assets as hard as possible. Um, it's not easy. It's a constant juggling act. Mm, I can imagine. And so when you do all this research, what kind of research methodologies are you using most of the time? So there are many different tools and techniques available to the business. Individual teams have their own kind of insight specialists that look at particular data sets. Our team, um, my team that I run is research, so primary research, and we use a combination of classic tracker studies. Um, we actually have 17 of them running at any one time, various frequencies from weekly to quarterly, and a lot of ad hoc research. So quantitatively, getting into the nuts and bolts of how we balance propositions and qualitatively anything and everything from big strategic brand deep dives, what should our brand stand for, through to small tactical pieces about how do we execute this particular promotional activity for this particular show so that it has the broadest appeal. So one of the things that we said is that how much it's changed and even I can sort of think about things like social media and how you kind of conduct research using sort of, is it called social media listening, isn't it, or whatever? Mm -hmm. I mean, are you using all those sort of new techniques? And how I think there's been a huge democratization of self-serve capability. So different teams across Sky have access to so much more data, whether it is Google Analytics and Google Trends, whether it is being able to just look at all the different social conversations that are happening out there. What's interesting and with the rise of, I know we'll probably cover it later, but the rise of the AI capability and chat GPT, where's the role for the human interpretation of that? Because you can, data will tell you a story and you can find whatever story you want, but what's the truth? And so what's interesting is as an insight function and as a research team, how do we blend those different data points, but really stress test them and sweat them to make sure that the story we're telling actually makes sense. So how do you do that? Because I mean, the other thing, even if you're sort of so listening to social media, a lot of it's rubbish, you know, or people are not the real people and they're faking it or I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would always as a sort of originally involved in research, I'm quite a skeptical person. I'd be like, really, is that the truth? How do, how do you even start? Yeah, echo chambers, they're interesting, aren't they? Um, I think it's triangulation. So it's being able to see what the trend in our actual data, what are customers actually doing? What are the things that they're watching? What are the products that they're actually purchasing? You triangulate that with conversations with our amazing customer service team who are dealing day in, day out with real customer conversations. What are the challenges that they're facing? And then you layer on top of that primary research where you can ask certain questions. And again, there's always an element of, have you asked the question in the right way? Are people honest witnesses of their own behavior? And then the interpretation, which is why the human element always comes into it. And we regularly talk about the sniff test. Does that insight make sense? Does it feel right? And do those different points triangulate to, to make sense and tell the same conclusion? So with the, uh, the introduction of AI and everything, what will be the role of the researcher? It's a really, there's a fascinating debate happening at the moment on LinkedIn and various different sources. And it's one thing our team yesterday and a team meeting, we're just talking about how do we form an opinion? What does it mean? What are the use cases? So we're playing around with it. Um, 
you can get an answer. It can be quite vague. Is it something that helps improve the efficiency of the process? So from a data collection perspective, you get all of these responses back in. Is that quicker and easier than using traditional questionnaire design or drafting a discussion guide even? Can that help streamline that process? From an analysis point of view, it's interesting. The questions that we've tried it with, it can come back. The context is everything with Insight and it can be quite a generic answer that it provides for you and has it considered various different contextual elements to make sense of it. So I don't think the human part is going to go anywhere anytime soon because I think making sense of firstly the question that the business are asking, the context of what's happening in your landscape and finally what do the, what can the business actually do about it um, and what's an actionable recommendation versus a, a wish list in an ideal scenario because the world is not an ideal scenario. But I think it's great that I mean the fact that you have access to all the real stats of like essentially for Sky, you know, for Sky Media, what people are watching and what they're engaging with and how they're using broadband. I don't know if you how you do it with broadband, but you know, you've you've actually got everything there. It's interesting. But the whole AI thing is quite incredible. I mean we get involved with it slightly with um if we do transcripts. And in fact, Alice and I were looking at the transcripts the other day and it's like, this doesn't make sense. It, it just doesn't come out very well. And you just, it just doesn't make sense half the time. But anyway, that's another thing. So can you tell me, how do you handle at Sky the sort of the generational demands that, I mean, because it's so wide, you know, literally from what, one year old all the <laughs> way up to, you know, a hundred. So how do, how do you cope? How do you do that? It's fascinating. Um, so, and it's part of the brief that we're going to be talking to you about in a little bit. Uh, because we know an awful lot about our customers, but quite often that means our bill payer and we can profile them. And how do we profile the whole household? And with Sky Mobile, for example, you could have five or six people in a household who are all customers of Sky and they've got very different needs. How they use our product and our service is very different. So um, it's a constant challenge to try and make sure that we're looking at it's the bill payer is massively important, but What's the impact and the influence of the other people in the household and digging into that dynamic um, with a new generation that are coming through in a global um, environment where the marketing of TV shows, for example, uh, Euphoria, a Sky exclusive on the Sky platform, uh, but it's all about Zendaya and HBO um, because they're seeing it all on social. So how do we cut through and get that attribution back to Sky and how does Sky over punch above its weight mm -hmm. um, when we're uh, a European brand um, and much smaller in scale than the big studios and we've got our own original content as well as all of the international kind of mm. partnerships that we have so getting under the skin of that dynamic mm. getting closer to customers mm. talking to people interviewing them having a view of decision makers non-decision makers splitting things by age segmentation segmentation classic research and, and insight capability helps us really focus on where our opportunities are um, and looking at funnels and 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 who's our warmer headroom that we can keep warm or warm up in the future and obviously the thing that we also you also have these days which you didn't once upon a time is the platforms so it's segmentation by the type of by the type of person but also how they view exactly and and our product suite now it's not just one box that's through an aerial. We can be more creative and think about ways of helping people 
really engage in, in Sky and be relevant for them. It's just working out what's the product to get behind at the right time and what's the proposition that's really going to hit people at the right life stage. So is there is there like a show that you have personally got so engaged with and promote and just is a personal mission for you to make sure that that show is going to really succeed? I'm going to be a typical researcher and say, not from a personal perspective, working here has made me watch a load of content that I possibly wouldn't have discovered or known about or cared about as much. I'm going to pick up on an example of last year. What I love about working here is how it comes back to this customer centricity point. So this England um, was uh, a huge Sky original that we did last year. It was all about inside number 10 at the time of the pandemic possibly a bit close um, for people to really get into but um, the guys wanted to make it as good as it possibly could be and we got the opportunity to show the first episode while it was still in pre-production um, to a bunch of our customers and we got their in input in terms of how could we improve it and we did a session where the executive producer, the writer, a load of the team joined that conversation with those customers and as a result made certain tweaks to the show, um, changed the the production to make it better fit. And that's something that we now do on a variety of different Sky Originals, which gets, you know, the, the creative team behind the show really love it because it gives them an unusual, they don't normally get to speak to viewers directly. They create it from, from their side and also gives us a real opportunity to improve the marketing mm -hmm. and um, make sure that it lands with impact. So mm -hmm. uh, that's a really exciting well, that is exciting, actually. Can you talk about your objectives for sort of 2023 in Sky and how's it been sort of coming out of COVID and how did you handle all that and going forward into the future? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Every business, the plans we all had at the start of 2020, how quickly we had to pivot and change. And what was really encouraging is the importance of insight in that. Uh, when the landscape is changing, how are people behaving? What are the choices they're making? And that's just continued um, with the war in Ukraine the impact that's had on supply chains, as well as consumer uncertainty, the fun and games with the economy, um, quite staggering changes in attitudes and behaviours that hit us, especially last year. Um, and how do we keep on top of it? So in terms of our strategy, it's very much what I mentioned earlier about making sure that we're doing absolutely the right thing for our existing customer base. We have a hugely established base of customers who have high satisfaction levels with the products and the services that we're delivering how do we harness that and make sure that the products that we're launching now are appealing not only to them to make sure they're on the best possible experience but how can we appeal to new audiences that we've never been able to reach so Skystream, which is a plug-in box that you can finally get sky without a satellite dish and without a contract but you can get all of the great content and the great aggregated experience how do we make the most of that and make sure that we're targeting the right people um, with it so that we're protecting our base and really growing into the future? Yeah. And I guess with the cost of living and that sort of thing, you've um, you've had to bend a bit with existing, you know, I, I assume you've been helping householders and people, Sky customers who have had a bit of a tough, having a tough time. Exactly. And a really sophisticated approach to how we think about Everyone's been affected differently in the cost of living and our costs have not been unaffected like any other business. But how do we use the data and the insight that we've got to identify who are the people that we most need to support 
and a huge amount, you know, as a as a broadband provider, we have a duty of care to consumers to make sure that they can stay connected. And we've made sure that we've prioritised those customers um, as much as possible, as well as thinking about what is the long-term sustainability of the business to ensure we continue to invest in in the products and the services that people really value. And actually, we've seen pay TV continues to be a massively important part of people's lives and will continue to be. So we can't stop investing in brilliant content and brilliant ways of bringing that onto screen. So it it, it sounds to me that it's great that um, Sky really value insights and that how that can affect the whole business and impact on the business. So in 2023, are you do you have any special areas that look, you're looking into more than others or is it across the board and across all the products? A lot, a lot of different areas. Um, you can never take your eye off the ball on any one product. So even a product that you think is doing brilliantly and is flying along and all the metrics are going in the right direction, the minute you stop paying attention and looking after it, that's when things can suddenly turn around very quickly. So um, it's about the portfolio. It's about making sure that people understand it as we've got more products launched. What does Sky stand for? What does that mean? How do we help people understand that? We have so many things to talk to people about. We're one of the biggest advertisers in the UK. How can we make sure our messages are cutting through so that they're understood, they resonate, and that people are getting the most from their Sky relationship? Okay, that sounds good. Obviously, one of the things that you're very passionate about, and I know, is customer closeness. Can you tell me a little bit about the kind of projects that you've run on customer closeness sort of in the recent past and sort of going in the future? Yeah, so the cost of living, I think, is a perfect one. Um, And we worked very closely with you guys um, last year because it's a delicate topic to talk to consumers about. It's not the normal type of, uh, we run sessions where we invite teams to come in and talk to real consumers, have a face-to-face conversation um, and help them identify the key themes, what's on their mind. Talking about the impact of cost of living isn't quite the same. If you're in a group environment, Mm -hmm. you want to cover off the different situations. It's not as easy to have a Teams chat where you've got 100 people from a different couple of different departments from Sky logged in to hear a handful of customers' opinions. They don't want to share that. So it's not intimate, is it? It's not. Mm -hmm. But it's also very different to some of our senior leadership day-to-day reality. So how do you bring that to life? And working with you guys in terms of um, traveling around the country, getting into people's homes, seeing them in situ, they relax more, they're more candid with their opinions, see how they use and interact with their products and services and their attitudes, and then bringing that to life. And can't tell you how many times that video has been showcased in numerous town halls, on our main internet site, uh, through different team meetings. And what's great about that is the consistency of the message. So you can edit something and it's one version of the story. And even if you've got someone debriefing a research presentation, that story will be tailored and targeted to different audiences. The power of something like customer closeness is making sure that everyone hears the same thing. It's one version of the truth and it can then be interpreted and used by teams in ways that's relevant to them. But really understanding how the emotion behind how people are feeling um, is what's really powerful. And that was really useful. So you've embraced going back to face to face and sort of being with people. Because the other thing, Sarah, is that you've been one of the best people in terms of trying things out. (laughs) You know, you tried out the 360 and you tried out the interactive video. So you've always been, you know, you've always been interested. You're always kind of into that and sort of how you can do things differently. It's 
working here. It's part of our DNA, the believe in better mentality. And we have five values. One of them is about being creative and action orientated. And as an insight team, we've got to be part of that to be successful at Sky. You've got to be thinking about how you change things. It's no good just using just because it worked last week doesn't mean it's going to work next week. And um, I suppose we're a TV company. Always, I think people find it really weird that we work with an external agency when we're a TV company, but they've got a day job to do. Um, and you guys are insight professionals, so you actually get when we're briefing you how to bring that story to life. It's different to journalism or other forms of creative and trying things new because it can very quickly become part of the furniture and everyone's got a day job. Our day job is surfacing insight. Everyone else's is getting on with hitting the numbers or, you know, making the products that make an impact. We've got to cut through the noise and the best way to do that is think about different ways. Um, and we've had brilliant support from internal comms or different teams around Sky who've really championed how do we keep the customer at the heart of the business. Um, so they've helped support us with taking risks and trying new and different things. And sometimes it works off the moment, uh, like the 360 videos were brilliant when we had a whole customer zone downstairs and it was part of a massive internal comms campaign, getting people to go there and amazing feedback, getting people to interact. Um, and sometimes for various different situations, our brilliant virtual video training with um, group product that we managed to get off the ground, so incredibly cost effective um, as a way of producing a, a module that helps people get closer to understanding it, that they can self-serve. How else are you going to hit 5,000 people in a product department but have a repeatable course and you want it to be interactive so you know they've learned something um, and then you get covid restructuring kind of hitting which which pauses things but uh yeah it's exciting and, and you'll always take on the challenge um that's the <laughs> great thing working with you whatever we throw at you we can give you a pretty woolly brief to start with here's an idea of something we want to try and then because of your experience in insight with your ability on the creative side to marry those two things together which helps us get to a better solution mm. yeah no we love that we love it we've already talked about the 360 and also the interactive projects could you just expand on those two a little bit for me? Yeah. Um, so starting with the customer zone in the 360 projects, that was very much about making sure that anyone who walked into Sky Central could really go and get closer to customers. So we had these life-size pictures of a selection of customers and bringing to life the fact that our customers are very different. So they all had personal, individual passions. It was part of our purpose statement, which is about bringing people closer to the things that they love. And uh, the way you do that is by understanding what people love. And we had fitness fans and we had gamers. And that's all well and good with a few pictures and a little bit of blurb about them. Uh, but what we did with the 360s was without leaving the comfort of glamorous Ostley and Sky Central, you could literally go into their homes and not just have a, a, a flat kind of talking head, but you could look around their artifacts. You could see where was the sky box in relation to their paraphernalia? Um, how did Sky's uh, connectivity play a role in their household? Um, and that was just brilliant. You could explore everything as well as them talking over their lives. Um, so it felt very immersive and a way for the business, if they wanted to, to go and escape the sky bubble that really does exist around here um, and get and be transported in someone else's life, which was incredible and really, really valuable. Um, the interactive video was 
trying to efficiently use existing footage um, and then help people on their own in their own time because you can't mandate when you're trying to train a huge massive department and a huge number of different skill sets but you want them all to understand fundamentally what drives customer satisfaction what are they looking for what do they know about sky products um, so that people have a baseline understanding of what matters to our customers and you don't just want to give them a standard you know 10 page debrief of mm. here's csat here's what it all means but you need them to have the facts, but you want it to make it interesting. So that's when we work with you to have those creative videos where we had some random questions. We interspersed it with facts because also there's an element of by engaging in the learning process, you're more likely to remember it. So we showed them some reels of some great customers talking in their home about what mattered to them and then would follow up with some quiz questions. And it didn't matter whether people got it wrong or right, but it helped them cement and, and break down some of those stereotypes that people might have and again get them closer to customers yeah did that go well it, it got really really positive feedback that's good that's really good excellent so talking about video i've seen it change dramatically from when you know we first started and weirdly this year it's going to be the th 35th year it's 35 years mm. of starting in business and then about 32 33 years of actually using video so it's obviously come a hell of a long way, a long, long, long way. So what do you think of the whole sort of video in research and video in the insight industry at the moment? Because again, I mean, it's changed so much. It has. And what's really interesting is how with any trend, you have peaks and troughs for different elements. And originally, when I first started at Sky, everything had to be of the best quality you know, when HD came in and became standard on our channels, all of our outputs needed to be HD ready and it needed to be slick and perfectly edited. And I remember when we did digital switchover projects, some of the first ones, you know, all of your cutaways and everything had to be slick and beautiful. And then the rise of smartphones and various other, you know, people were used to seeing raw footage um, and there's still a role for that and, and selfie videos. The problem with those is do they land the message as impactfully? They can do when you just want a, you know, the voice of the customer in the room. When you're really landing that impactful insight, you know, the cost of living is a perfect example. When you're trying to tell quite a serious story, um, something that needs to make sense, you need an element of polish because it's it's had thought behind it. The story you're telling isn't just simply representing as part of a debrief here's what it is. It's a standalone story in and of itself. So that's been an interesting swing back to the the value that people place on the high quality production and the professional finish. And I think what's interesting in between times is I think companies are at different evolutions of how they use video. And I know insight communications just generally um, is something that people are paying a bit more attention to. How do you cut through? But I remember a big project that we did back on the retention challenge. And again, it was incorporating real customers um, with some really kind of pointed data points yeah. about what the value of those customers are and you could ladder them together and again, helping that be distributed. Um, I think what's interesting now that piece of work probably wouldn't work today because the pace of change mm. and the pace with which we update things, that piece of work would be very quickly out of date because we would have changed something within a month, whereas the cost of living edit could live for a few months mm. and still feel relevant and timely. Yeah. Um, so it's how you adapt to the pace of change. Mm. 
So um, do you see video becoming more, even more uh, sort of a part of Insight and Insight comms in the future? I think it, it will continue for us. It's always been quite central to what we've used. Will it be more? You always need, it's a great way of getting people in and giving the rest of the team an opportunity to have that conversation because video, you use it well, it really gets the word out there. So developing, as we are this year, more of an insight and research hub, how do you make sure that anyone can access and democratise insight? And video is a really accessible way. So making sure it remains pivotal to that, but using it as a platform to create the connections and the conversations. So actually it's combining that video output with then the opportunity to speak to the experts mm. because then they can ask you specific questions, but there's nothing like the voice of the customer and video to help people see and give them a taster of what the team know mm. and then how you can dig a bit deeper into what you really need to know. So I have another question because it just made me think about something there. What do you guys use in, for internal comms channels? So in, I always think it's quite interesting because obviously we've got social media for you know consumers and people use it like Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. Do you guys have an equivalent sort of channel that people, like a TikTok channel that's purely internal for Sky, for example? There's Yammer. Um, that definitely took off during lockdown as more people were remote and we we explored and used that. We've used standard just email communications, um, trying to get that balance right between generic versus very specific for teams. Uh, cost of living is something that is relevant to all teams yeah. to be aware of, but a lot of the work we do isn't necessarily relevant. If you work in content, do you need to know what broadband priorities are? Probably not. Um, so the main thing that we use these days is our central SharePoint hub that we try and share as much as possible um, and then direct people to. So it's a two-pronged making sure that that material is regularly updated. So you load the videos up and, and all your insights and stuff Exactly. Like that and every time you reach out to people, you remind them that that exists. And yeah. this year, we're going to build more of a program around that to make right. sure that it's easily accessible for people. Yeah, so that people go to it automatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Out of the projects that you've worked on, and this isn't just video, this is all projects. Is there one project that stands out as being one that you're most proud of? It was interesting having a reflection. We've had um, a grad in our team um, for the last six months and we always ask them at the end of their rotation to share back with the team what they learned. And she's done a few different rotations in different departments in Sky and she said, what's fascinating about this team and this role is you see the influence you have by being able to, a lot of teams just work on the priorities and they have to deliver it we get to influence what that priority is and we can change the direction that the business are working on because the insight says, hang on, that's not the most compelling reason to believe for consumers. Or actually, if you thought about this piece of the puzzle over here and shouldn't we think about talking about that? So it's, it's partly why I've stuck around for 13 years. Every year there's a, a moment where you know that what we've surfaced, whether it is helping the business see younger consumers through a different lens. So they need a different product and a different proposition from our established core base that have been with us for 10, 15 years and the rest of it. And seeing those wheels and those cogs turning and demand drivers was a piece I did 18 months ago. 
and really landing mm. a very simple insight, but people are overwhelmed and have more content mm. than they know what to do with. We're not fulfilling the need of filling a gap because they don't have enough content. They're saturated. Mm. And just being able to articulate that our challenge and our job is to help people find the right content in the right moment is what we need to do, not just surface a load of amazing content. So agree with that. Because you literally, it's overwhelming. And then you've got not just Sky, but you've got, as you said, Netflix, Apple, Amazon, you know, Amazon Prime. And you're just like, oh, for goodness sakes. And you can literally spend, and I remember looking at some of the videos you shared with us once and we, had, we were editing it, weren't we? And it was literally, it's like, I mean, you can spend a whole hour and it involves lots of arguments, you know, with whoever's in the room or, you know, you end up watching little bits. This is what we do. You end up watching little bits of, a, of something and they get an hour done like that. Then you go and find something else and it's like, oh, it is quite, it is, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge and it's also a really juicy research challenge because how do you get people to articulate what mood they're in? Because it's not as simple as I'm in a lean back comedy mode because that doesn't mean friends for everybody. It does for an awful lot of people that satisfies a lot of occasions, but I'm in a lean in gritty mood for some people that's uh, kind of more of a reality chasing an ambulance program for others that's succession or the last of us and how do we quantify and identify what those moments are for, for two reasons one is so that we can help surface them at the right time and the second thing is to make sure that we've got the right content on our platform that they feel they're getting the value for money so I guess with AI want, at some stage what will happen is that it, it will know exactly the kind of things that you're always watching and it will just pop up with your you know the programs that you think you, you want that you know that they that sky thinks i'm going to want to watch which a lot of the recommendation algorithms sort of do but the challenge you've got with that is people also want a little bit of jeopardy mm. so just because they've always stuck to that same comfort zone it's very easy actually to navigate to stuff that's in your comfort zone and netflix are incredibly good at promoting stuff that they know you'll like it's actually the stuff that may not look related at all that you might want, you know, an amazing movie that's quite a romantic themed one. And then you might decide that you want a really thrilling Grand Prix to tune into. Um, and your need state might actually not be that far apart necessarily. Um, so how do you help the algorithm interpret very, very irrational behaviour. It's obviously one of your challenges. <laughs> it's going to be something you're going to have to work on, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Um, I know you're a very busy lady, so thank you so much. Thank you for having me.